With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Second period, Panthers leading the Hurricanes 1-0. Nick Cousins with the goal. Now the Hurricanes going back-to-back. Of course, they're going to be playing your Edmonton Oilers tomorrow on 6.30. Chad, face-off show at 3.30. The game will start at 5. Penguins and Capitals. Crosby and Ovechkin going head-to-head. Four and a half minutes left in the first. No score. And the Canadians have jumped out to a 2-0 lead on the Canucks. That's about halfway through the first period. Wild and Ducks will face off a little bit later. Oil Kings in Regina. That game just about to get underway. And after the first quarter, the Rockets lead the Raptors 37-29. couple of big basketball games in Edmonton on Thursday and Sunday. We'll preview those a little bit later on Inside Sports. So Vander Kane, as I'm sure you've heard, he will miss three to four months with a wrist injury after getting that scary skate slice last night from the Lightning's Patrick Maroon. The Oilers have put Kane on long-term injured reserve. They have called up Matthias Janmark and Klim Costin from the Bakersfield Condors. Uh, Kane put out a statement this morning uh, saying that, uh, you know, basically he's going to be okay, got to work to recover. And then the Oilers announced the uh, exact time frame later on in the afternoon. That is a tough one, very tough one for Evander Kane. But uh, when you see that much blood and it's a skate cut like that, you you always fear the worst. So uh, he will recover and be back in the Oilers lineup, but much, much later on in the season. He joins us every week here on Inside Sports, powered by Sentinel Storage, Shop Canadian Storage, Store Canadian, head to sentinelstorage.ca. Former NHL goaltender, now an analyst with the NHL on Rogers. It is Kelly Rudy. Kelly, welcome back to the show. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks, Reed. I'm, uh, in fact, one of my favorite cities in the entire uh, United States, and that is Boston. I don't know if you've been here before or very often, but, uh, man, I had a day off today, Reed, so I went for about a two-hour walk, even though it was a tiny bit brisk out there, um, and I just, just so many great memories in this city. I have been to Boston, part of the the ballpark tour I did with my buddy Jay back in 07, so we saw a couple of games at Fenway. Uh, What what do you like about it? What's so special about Boston for you? I've been to Fenway as well. I just, uh, there's something about the vibe in this city that I really like, and uh, uh, I always have a great uh, dining experience, and you know, dining to me is always a, a big part of my road life, and so my broadcast partner on this trip, John Bartlett, uh, is has chosen a place in the North End. So if you've been to Boston, you know there are got a lot of great restaurants in the North End, uh, in particular a lot of Italian restaurants, and that's where I'm hoping that John will take uh, myself and a number of the production people tonight. Okay, well, I'm glad you worked in some dining references because I, I know the <laughs> audience has come to expect that from you. <laughs> so right? that's good. 
<laughs> hey, uh, we got to switch gears here. And obviously, just horrifying last night. And the Oilers have since announced Kane's going to be out three to four months. So I'm not surprised. Um, I mean, when you saw that injury, what went through your mind, man? That was so scary. Uh, remind me of my friend Clint Malarchuk. And, uh, uh, man, I was uh, really... Uh, I think shaken. I think a lot of people were shaken by that to see the blood and to see the urgency in which uh, he raced off the ice. And um, I, I, you know, I just uh, kind of at a loss for words because you don't know the severity of it, right? And uh, um, I, I just thought back to some of my teammates' injuries and how that sort of brings you to a place mentally. I also last night. I don't know if you're aware of this, uh, Reed, but last night in our Flames uh, Devils game. Uh, maybe about five minutes after I'd heard about Kane, Brendan Smith of the Devils uh, had a similar but less severe uh, incident and uh, where he was also cut along the wrist and he raced off the ice. Now, there wasn't the blood pool that uh, from Kane. And, but, you know, it, it's kind of like tra traumatic for all of us. You know, we, we see Evander Kane, then I see Brendan Smith, and, you know, it just makes you feel like, uh, wow, what is, uh, what is happening? Glad it doesn't happen uh, more often because of the exposure to the wrists and uh, places that uh, it's just very scary. What can you say about the vibe on the ice when something like that happens? I, I mean, whether there's blood involved or you just see a player suffer sort of, sort of a serious injury that delays the game or is stretched off. And I mean, it was interesting because the Oilers scored, um, you know, in terms of game time, less than a minute after that injury. And I remember when they scored almost like, oh, are, are they going to sell? Like, I, I, it was weird. I remember thinking to myself, I wonder if they'll celebrate the goal. Oh, you know what I mean? Like, it was just weird. Oh, I, not only do I know what you mean, I've experienced it where I, we've gone through uh, uh, a devastating injury or, or devastating news about a family member uh, during the, whether it's uh, after warm up in one case for us. And the idea of playing hockey is like in the, it's the last thing you want to do. And you're, you know, I can't speak for the Oilers, but I, I'm sure that the players were uh, traumatized by it and wondering uh, the severity of it. Um, uh, is he going to be okay? Uh, if he is okay, what will the damage be? Um, you know, if there's nerve damage, will he play again? You know, you run the gamut with all these thoughts, and and that's you're not overdoing it. Those are real thoughts. And so I, I've always admired players uh, that can continue on. I always had a hard time emotionally to uh, power on it. Just that's not how my brain works. I, you know, maybe to a certain degree, I'm too empathetic. Uh, but uh, that was an enormous win under trying circumstances for the Oilers. Yeah, yeah, it was for sure. And uh, good for them to end the uh, losing streak. Kelly Rudy joining us tonight on Inside Sports. So I, I wanted to ask you something because uh, I, I was asked about it on a hit I did this morning, and, and it's something that we talk about on our broadcasts. The Oilers sometimes get criticized. I don't know if it's criticism necessarily, but sometimes they don't shoot a lot. Uh, okay. And I think it's been now – Here's the thing. Those big guys actually do wind up with a ton of shot on goals, but sometimes they're yeah. selective. And I, th yeah. I really think if you, you know, McDavid and Dreisaitl and then to, uh, you know, maybe a lesser extent, Hyman and Nugent Hopkins and, and Kane when he's healthy, 
you know, they want the grade-A opportunity. And I thought an excellent example was the game in Washington on Monday. They put Dreisaitl and McDavid out there four-on-four, Mm-hmm. And they had the puck for about 30 seconds. And then finally, McDavid, bam, finds that opening down the middle and goes in and scores. So yeah. some teams might take four shots and get a rebound and score. But the Oilers can kind of, especially with the talented guys, say, you know, we want the grade A shot, right? We want to make sure it's a high percentage shot. From a goaltender's perspective, like, what does that do to a goal? Does that tire a goalie out? Does that make a goalie, you know, his head has to be on a swivel? Obviously, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just curious about defending that, a goalie's thought process, when those two guys really get the, moving the puck around in the offensive zone. Okay, and then I'll add to it, uh, whether it's uh, those two special players or uh, heavy players uh, that might be in a different role, but they want to cycle the puck in particular down low, where that is very tiring for a goaltender. And you are exactly right about you have to really have your head on a swivel because there's all sorts of uh, commotion and there's all sorts of communication breakdowns defensively. And you recognize uh, quickly how tiring it is for your your uh, defensemen and forwards chasing those guys. And if they're big bodies, how difficult that is. Uh, the one thing that most fans most likely wouldn't know is that when you're in your crouch position and uh, the goaltenders, whether they're in the reverse VH or what have you, uh, and going up and down, and going side to side, uh, watching guys behind the net and then glancing out front, it is extremely tiring on the thighs. And uh, depending on the length that uh, the, the puck carrier has uh, uh, around the net, it, it's you get a good burn going after about 40 seconds. And so, you, you know, you might have to stand up to take away a little bit of that burn. You've got to find ways to sort of uh, rest, if you will, um, because it, it's no secret. Why do you think the Sedins had so much success? That's what they did. And they waited for the grade A chance. And whether uh, they were the, the guy with the shot on goal or they waited for maybe an Anson Carter, the triggerman, to have that opportunity. But because they understood how tiring it is. And, you know, the Sedins weren't the best skaters, but they understood that type of play and that's exactly when you're you have a guy like Connor mcdavid and he's going 300 miles an hour behind the net each way uh 10 times on a shift it, it's a, totally exhausting yeah yeah I, I i like how you broke that down because uh, I, I think we're seeing that pay off for the orders for sure hey uh yeah. before i let you go you're with the flames obviously uh they haven't won a game in what two weeks now uh <laughs> About 10 what's days. Going, yeah, what's uh what what's what's going on? I mean, look, like like the Oilers, high expectations for them. And of yeah. course there's a lot of season left, but when you see sort of the the losses mount a little bit here, what's happening? Well, I correct myself. I think you are right. I think it's about two weeks. Um uh well here's what I noticed on the last uh, two games. Uh on Monday they were on Long Island, yesterday they were in Jersey. And I saw a lot of progress. Uh, I saw a team that uh, played really, really well, maybe their best two periods uh, on Long Island uh, to start. And then they slipped in the third period and ultimately lost in overtime. And also last night in Jersey, I thought they're much better. I think they're on the cusp of breaking out. But as you know, Reed, this league is so difficult that you need to be nearly perfect and you need 60 or 65 minute games you, this league is so 
tough that 45 or 40 minutes does not even get close to cutting it because uh, the competition, it, it's never been better. And you and I have talked about all the comebacks uh, recently. And and uh, I think the Flames in uh, four of their five last losses uh, or five of six, excuse me, they've had the lead at some point. And so uh, then you become, I wouldn't say they're fragile because they don't play like they're fragile, but you certainly at some point wonder if you can hold the lead. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. And uh, we, we, it, I mean, Oilers were up two against New Jersey, lost up yep. two last night, one, but tense yep. finish, right? Like teams don't stop coming, especially if you get that goal early in the third period, like the Devils did to Edmonton, like Tampa Bay did last night. You know, Rob uses the word belief all the time. Yeah, 100%. And then, you know, last night, uh, I only watch the highlights, but uh, it was so good. Uh, on a personal level, to see Jack Campbell make that great save with about eight seconds left, I think it was. And so that was, uh, I'm sure, very rewarding for him because, once again, he can be tough on himself. Yeah, well, yeah, he, he was after the loss to Dallas, but he certainly yeah. looked really good last night. Okay, yeah. Kelly, enjoy the evening in Boston. Always a pleasure to have you on the show, and we'll do this next week. Okay, Reed, take care, my friend. Right on. Will do. That's Kelly Rudy checking in courtesy Sentinel Storage. Shop Canadian, store Canadian. Head to sentinelstorage.ca. Good insight there from uh, Kelly on how the Oilers, especially their uh, their big-name players, able to control that puck and cycle in the offense, uh, offensive zone, how that can tire out a goaltender. And, yeah, obviously the Evander Kane situation, a scary one. Kane's going to be out three to four months. I'm happy to hear from you as well. 780-496-0063 is the number. If you're using your good old-fashioned telephone, it's on the hotline presented by CertainTe, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. CertainTe Pro all the way. You can email the show, inside sports at 630ched.com, and you can follow me on Twitter, at Reed Wilkins, R-E-I-D, W-I-L-K-I-N-S. Of course, the Oilers will be uh, looking for someone to... Here's the thing. I, I don't think you're going to replace Evander Kane. I don't think you're going to have somebody fill in for Evander Kane. Um, I, I mean, 13 points in 14 games when he goes out. You know what he did last year? 22 goals in 43 games. They don't have somebody on the roster who is going to score at that pace. Um, but hopefully they can do something by committee. And I think a big story here for the Oilers is defending better, not necessarily getting more goals. So you'd like to see more production from some guys in the lineup. One of them, Warren Fogle, who got that big shorthanded goal last night. I would think, and I see Bob Stoffer uh, posted on Twitter, his projected lines for the Oilers game tomorrow. I would think Dylan Holloway is going to get a look in the top six. So uh, we'll see how he goes likely tomorrow against the Carolina Hurricanes. But uh, yeah, really tough to see Kane out of action. We'll get uh, to the open line in a second here. We got Brian on hold. Going to take a quick timeout first. Inside Sports on Chet. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta Injury Lawyers, the heavy hitters of injury law. Devin 
Dubnik, former Oilers goaltender, coming up between 6.30 and 7 tonight. We'll go to the Certainty Hotline. We have Brian standing by. Hey, Brian, go ahead. Hey, Reed Wilkins. How are you? Good. Good, Reed. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, the uh, the Evander Kane thing, I had a question for you, but I, I um, this team seems to uh, uh, kind of fall asleep they almost become lethargic, it seems like, when things are going well. They start going well. You can see started getting a little bit lazy. There was a, that scare with McDavid earlier in the year when he went down, and for a couple of shifts, it's like this surge of life came into the Oilers, and it was like, wow, where did this come from? So I'm not worried about this at all. As a matter of fact, I think this is a great opportunity for guys like Holloway, and for these two, these two call-ups that are coming up from Bakersfield, uh, and and uh, I mean it's a long season. They're going to miss Kane, and he's, we know he's coming back. But this is an audition for some of the guys um, that may not have had a chance, like they will in the top six. But, but my question is: is what does this do to the uh, uh, LTIR? Like for uh, Will, will this open up some cap space if it's, you know, if it if it is a prolonged period of time that Kane is out? Yeah. So what? Ha- and Puckpedia, by the way, is a really good source for this. So Kane's five point one two five goes onto their LTIR. Yanmark and Costum uh, have come up, so they have three point two six million dollars in cap space and twenty two players on the roster. Now you got to remember when Kane comes back, they have to have the five million dollars in cap space right so it's not you can just exceed that by for the rest of the season I, I know somebody called in last night to rob and i and said well they just trade for a player who makes two to three million well okay you could but easier said than done and then you might have to find a way to get people off the roster once Kane is healthy i think you make an interesting point brian about the oilers maybe rallying around Tough circumstances. Uh, yeah, I mean, they, di- they didn't start the game very well last night. Tampa Bay was sloppy on their power play. McLeod scored. Campbell was good through the first 10 minutes. I, my biggest criticism of the Oilers this season would be, besides their penalty kill, which was awesome last night, is just that sturdiness and that determination down low in their own end. And, and it wasn't perfect last night in the third period. There were still chances for, for Tampa Bay, but I thought the Oilers played a little more desperate when it came to defending and blocking shots and, and sacrificing to to get those pucks out and try to protect the slot. And who knows, maybe they, they probably were a little bit inspired by not having Kane in the lineup. We will, uh, Sir Robert, we're tight for time. I'll give you about 60 seconds, buddy. Go ahead. All right, well, uh, it's, uh, so I'll say all the, I'll just say this quick as far as Kane goes. I mean, obviously it's, uh, 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 you know, I mean, it's nice to hear that, uh, uh, that he's okay. I mean, obviously it sucks that, I mean, he's going to be out three to four months, but I believe personally, I don't think that uh, this does it. This does it. This is not by any means the season's over. There's still, there's still a long way to go. I believe, I believe bringing up Yadmark and Costin is a good start. See how those two do. And then, we'll, and then when and if Holland needs to make a move, I think we worry about it then. But in the meantime, in between time, I think I think the Oilers are going to be just fine. All right, appreciate it, Sir Robert. Thanks a lot. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. If you want to chime in tonight, Devin Dubnik recently announced his retirement. He's coming up next.